way home, there was a, a fellow sitting across over the way that uh, had an Iowa Central Community College football hoodie on. And um, anyway, long story short, we got talking to him, and um, he's from the Bronx, headed back to Fort Dodge to start football. And we're able to have a good conversation with him and, and uh, left the, my story track with him and got his phone number. And we're going to be in contact with him. And so you never know what, what God's doing, but God knows what he's doing, and we're grateful for that. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are abound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes and oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness the planting of the Lord, that He might be glorified. And they shall build the old wastes, they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. And strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the aliens shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But ye shall be named the priests of the Lord. Men shall call you the ministers of our God, ye shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory shall ye boast yourselves. Invite you then to turn to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. We now find in Luke 4 descriptions of Christ's ministry, and beginning in verse 16 of Luke chapter 4, And Jesus came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So we find Jesus quoting from... Isaiah chapter 61, the prophecy that was given. And he says, I have been anointed by God to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. And he said, that's my ministry. That's what I've been given. So we asked this morning... If I am a follower of Christ, 
What are characteristics? How can you tell if someone is a follower of Christ? And we might say, well, they, they have characteristics like Christ. They have a hunger for the Word. They have a changed life that's clearly evident. They have the fruit of the Spirit in their life, the evidence that the Spirit is dwelling in them and producing various fruit. But we also find another quality that Jesus Christ himself identified as followers of him. And he said in Mark chapter 1 and verse 17, Come after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. So he said, if you are a follower of me, if you follow me, yes, there will be various characteristics, but one that will be evident is that you will become a fisher of men, healing the brokenhearted, bringing good news to the captives, setting them free, and that's the ministry that Christ was given. So often... I have been guilty of this, of emphasizing the various character traits of Christ, which it needs to be, and emphasizing those. They ought to be evident in our lives, and it ought to be that we have a hunger for the Word. There's a change in our life. But sometimes I fear that we fall short of another characteristic of a follower of Christ is they want to carry on Christ's ministry that was described in Isaiah 61 and that he himself identified with and and understood that he came to bring healing to the brokenness. We need to realize that we are all broken. Broken in the sense that we are unable in and of ourselves, to fulfill our original design. Now, when, when people design suitcases with wheels on them, it was a wonderful thing. It, it is so helpful when you can have a 50-pound limit here that it has wheels and you can wheel it along and they go well. But when it is broken... It is not such, not such a good thing, okay? Here, that's broken. We picked up our... We got home 2 o'clock Thursday morning, um, called about our luggage. They said, it's in Des Moines, but because your flight was canceled due to weather, we won't deliver it. You have to go get it, okay? So Marilyn goes up there Friday to get it, and this is how it comes back. Thankfully... We borrowed a suitcase from someone, and it wasn't theirs that was broke. This is ours, so I'm good with that, all right? But when something's broken, I do not want to load this with 50 pounds and try to wheel it around, all right? This thing, I'm usually pretty good with duct tape and glue, but it's beyond duct tape and glue, all right? This thing is trash. It's, it's worthless. It, it won't work. If you want it... You can take it home today after the service. But its original design was wonderful. 
And it was it worked great. But it's broken. The original design for mankind was wonderful. Man was designed to fellowship with God. But everyone born into this world is broken. The original design, we were not able to fulfill our original design. We've lost our purpose. The purpose of this is, is no, no longer there. It can't fulfill its purpose. We are, it's hard for us to grasp this, but we are useless in our present condition as human beings apart from Christ. We have to be fixed. We are, we are broken. And that's why Christ came for broken people. He came to preach good news to the poor. We read in chapter 4 and verse 18 of Luke. He came to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. To bring sight to the blind. To set at liberty those that are oppressed. It's interesting, the word that is used for brokenhearted in Isaiah 61 is to use to describe a bush whose twigs are dry and they are broken off and, and they're laying there in pieces. It's used to, to describe the idols of Babylon that were shattered and broken on the ground. And he says, your heart is broken in many pieces, and Jesus says, I have come to heal it. I have come to take that which may be manifesting brokenness in many, many different ways. But he said, that's my purpose for coming. In Luke chapter 19, a little bit later in Luke chapter 19, he says, the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, is come to seek and to save the lost, the broken. Now, the amazing thing, we are all broken. Christ came for broken people. And the amazing thing is, Christ has chosen His followers to proclaim the good news that He can fix the brokenness. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 4, it says, but you, but you were put in trust. You were allowed of God to be put in trust with the Gospel. In other words, when we came to know Christ as Savior and we called upon Him for the forgiveness of sins, he, he put in our trust the gospel to make it known that Jesus Christ came to heal the broken. He's done that healing in our lives and He is continuing that. And now He says, now here, I'm, I'm giving you the good news, the gospel that is so desperately needed for all the broken people. Not only did He entrust it to us, He commanded us. Mark sixteen fifteen. Go ye into all the world 
and preach the gospel to every creature. That's a command that He's given us. Not only is it commanded in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, He says the love of Christ constrains us. Because we've come to know God's love for us, and it should produce in us a love for Him, it is that love that, because we have a heart like His, it draws us to love others. It, it constrains us. It draws us. So, we should be motivated by a love for Christ and a love for others that is committed to bringing the good news, the gospel means good news, the good news that although we're all broken, there is one that can bring healing. Although we're all in bondage, there is one that can set us at liberty. We sang earlier, um, His light diffused in the dungeon and my chains fell off and I was free. I rose, went forth, and honored Thee. And so, it is this, what God has done in our lives that should motivate us and make an evidence that we indeed are a true follower of Christ. Because I love you, God, and I know you have commanded and you have entrusted with me the gospel. I am committed, because I love you, to share the gospel with others. And you commanded me to love others. So the greatest way that I can love others is to bring to them the good news That Jesus Christ can heal. That Jesus Christ saves us from our sins. That Jesus Christ is our only way of hope and help. And it's understanding the two great commands, love God and love others, are all fulfilled in having a commitment to sharing the gospel with others. And it's an evidence that we are a follower of Christ when we're committed to carrying out Christ's mission. What is Christ's mission? I've come to proclaim liberty to those in bondage. I've come to set the captive free. I've come to seek and to save the lost. So, as believers, if you're here today and you have trusted Christ as your personal Savior... Yes, we ought to be committed to Christ-likeness and growing in Him, but you can make it to first base, second base, third base, but it doesn't matter if you don't make it home. And, and we many times miss the fullness of what God has for us here in this life by not carrying the message of the Gospel to others. And it ought to be motivated by our love for God. But we are blessed with the forgiveness of God. We are blessed with the presence of God in our life. We are blessed with the Spirit of God dwelling within us in order that we can be a blessing to others. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And while you're turning there, 
I want you to think about broken people that you have seen in your life. That far away from God's original purpose from them. And what is your attitude toward broken people? I'm not going to go into a description, but there's certain individuals that sometimes you can look at it and you say, wow, their life is really messed up. Now, when you see someone that it clearly manifests they are broken, what is your attitude toward them? Many times it's, it's pity or find it disgusting and revolting and, and um, think they're on the other side and, and many other things. But we need to stop and say, thank you, God, that that isn't how you see me in my brokenness. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 3, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, to them that are broken. They, the only thing that can fix them is Jesus Christ. So if the good news is hidden, it it is hidden to them who are lost. Verse 4, In whom the God of this world hath blinded their minds, which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we preach not ourselves. We preach not Grace Baptist Church. But we preach Jesus Christ the Lord and ourselves as servants for Christ's sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out out of the darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So he's saying, there are broken people The world's full of broken people and they come into your life and he says, I have entrusted to you the gospel and you can bring them really good news. Now, they may not want it, but you can bring them the good news and God may prepare their hearts. Seth shared with with us that there was a young man that, that they gave a track to and never heard any more from him, never anything. A year and a half later, he came back and he said, I received this material a year and a half ago. And to make a long story short, he had kept that, never paid any attention to it, but God awakened him to dig it out, find it, read it, and he came to know Christ as his personal Savior. He wasn't receptive. He was blinded. But because the seed was there, the Spirit of God was able to work in his heart and bring him to salvation. Our job is not to make converts. Our job is to plant the seed and water it 
and let God do the work. And that is the fishers of men. We're, we're looking for ways to help point people to Jesus Christ. And it is important for us to understand the power of God in this matter. You might say, but you don't know so-and-so. I mean, they all the wheels are off their case. It's broken. It's shattered. Their life is, is beyond repair. Paul said that he was the chief of sinners. And in Hebrews chapter 7, it says, God is able to save to the uttermost them that come to him. There is no one beyond the reach of God. And we are called to bring the light, to bring the truth, to bring the gospel, to bring the good news to others. So I want to make some application here as, as we close. Number one, to be the light God wants us to be, to be the follower. And let me, let me back up. Think of this. God could have done, chosen any other way to get his message out. Every night he could have written in the sky the plan of salvation. He could have done it any other way, but he chose... His people, those that are followers of Him, to take the most precious, most important message the world has ever known, that Jesus died for sinners to forgive and to bring reconciliation to God. He chose you and He chose me. If this afternoon you got a call from Governor Reynolds and she said, I have chosen you to show up Tuesday morning and to give a testimony for life. You'd probably say, no, no, that somebody else. And she's adamant. She says, no, I have chosen you. You would take that very, very serious. This is God Almighty has chosen you, and there are people that He wants you to take the message of His forgiveness to. And it is important for us to understand that this is a privilege. This is a responsibility. This is a joy. So how do we go about doing that? Number one, we must have a clear testimony of our salvation. We must... We must clearly know that we are a child of God. We must clearly see evidences of the work of God in our own lives. That's why the last few weeks you've been working on my story. How God has worked in your life to write His story in your life and to take the time to think about it, what are evidences of it, but We can't bring good news to anybody else about the power of God if we've never seen the power of God work in our lives. If we still wonder if we're a child of God. He said, I wrote these things unto you that you can know that you have everlasting life. He that has the Son, Jesus Christ, has life. He that does not have the Son does not have life. 
I write this to you that you may know that you have everlasting life. So it's impossible for us to bring the message of Christ to others if we don't have a clear testimony. Secondly, we must know how to explain the good news. It's not just God loves you. Can you explain to someone how they can know their sins are forgiven? And that's what the lesson, chapter 3 in tonight's study, is about knowing God's story. Let's say that, that you attended a funeral and... At the funeral, the preacher gave a clear description of the gospel and, and mentioned to the people there, you can know that you have everlasting life. Let's say it was a co-worker of yours that the funeral is. And sitting next to you is a fellow co-worker that doesn't know Christ. And after the funeral, this co-worker says to you, do you know you have eternal life? And you say, yeah, I, I do know that I have eternal life. And he says, can you tell me how I can know I have eternal life? What would you say? Do you know, not just here, but do you know how you would explain to someone how they can know that their sins are forgiven and know that they have everlasting life. It's not, no, but I'll call the pastor. He'd be happy to talk to you. No, we are the ones. As individuals, we're to bring the light. And so, to, to be able to be what God wants us to be, We not only need to know personally our sins are forgiven, we need to be able to explain it to someone else and point them and help them to come to Christ. You don't know anything until you're able to explain it. And to explain to others. And again, that's why we're working on God's story, the story of, as we've mentioned over, creation, fall, redemption, and restoration of knowing. There are many different ways we'll be going over those tonight in our, in our group. So know how to explain the good news. And then thirdly, we must be burdened for broken people. And that begins, first of all, by praying for them. We heard several weeks ago only 20% of Christians have ever prayed for a lost person. I mean, that's pathetic. This is our ministry. This is, this is why we're left here. And you can be in the top 20% just by praying for the lost. And, and we, we have been encouraging you to do that. And in the book, Uh, Get a list of people that you're praying for and burdened for and and understanding, wow, if this person doesn't come to Christ, they will experience the tribulation period. 
Worst of all, they will experience separation from God forever in the lake of fire. And we ought to be burdened and broken and, and desirous of God using us. So we must be burdened for broken people. And that begins with prayer and, and ministry through prayer. And then fourthly, we must connect with others and share the good news. This is raising our sails, submitting to God. God, okay, today I submit to you, use me however you want. It's not to go through life and see how many people you can avoid. It's to go through life and say, God, who do you want me to connect to? Who do you want me to reach out to? God, how do you want to use me? And it's not like we're so great. It's God's so great. And we're just, we're just the carrying case. We're the hose that brings everlasting water, everlasting life. And, and it, is, it is learning to connect and, and to go out of our way and meet people for the opportunity of moving toward them, contacting them, connecting with them, and sharing the good news. And this, this, this continually was on our hearts as we were traveling. And so the, the, the purpose of it, but it's continually on our hearts as we relate to people right here. It ought to be as we do business with people. Can I be used of God to bring them one step closer to Christ? They're broken as I was broken. But Christ has changed my life. And He's the only one that can change their life. I mean, our hope is not in electing the right people. The reason we're in this mess is because we have not carried the good news to lost people. And when people come to know Christ as Savior and genuinely follow Him, they'll, they'll come down right on the issues of today. They'll come down right on the biblical issues. But the key is we need to look for ways that we can touch people's lives. I, I believe in separation, but I believe we have separated our so far, so far from the world that we're not even an impact. The salt's in the salt shaker. And we set it there, wow, what a beautiful salt shaker. And this is 100% pure salt from the Himalayans, okay? Wow, this is great salt. No, you got to get the salt out and spread it around. This is... Salt doesn't make any, it's no use in the salt shaker. And we need to say, God, whoever you lead across my path today, help me to have your eyes for them. Help me, I I submit to you. I want to be used of you. This This is what the whole message of life is about. Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save the lost. So I ask you today, Do you have a clear testimony of your salvation? Do you know how to explain the gospel to someone else and lead them to Christ? 
Who are you praying for? And is it a priority in your life to connect with other people for the sake of the gospel? Don't expect God to show himself great in your life if your priorities are different than his. His priority is to seek and to save the lost. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would renew our hearts with a love for you, renew our hearts for a love for others. Lord, may we not be critical and repulsed by brokenness, but Lord, may we be drawn to you and drawn to others with the glorious message that you have come to heal the brokenhearted and set the captive free. And Lord, I pray that we would be used of you to see individuals change for an eternity. Help us not to be weary in well-doing, understanding that in due season we will reap if we faint not. So, Lord, we desire to be used of you. We desire to bring delight to your heart. We desire to glorify you. And, Lord, honestly, many of us are like, oh, I can't do this. But, Lord, we're claiming the promise that whatever you have called us to do, you are faithful to empower us to do it as we depend on you. And so, Lord, we... We plead your mercies that we would be the salt and the light that you want us to be in this world. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.